Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 29 of Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner. Last week, we began a four-part series discussing sleep. We talked about how the foods you eat can affect your ability to fall asleep and stay asleep. This week, we're discussing sleep and exercise. The intensity of your exercise and when you do it can affect your ability to get restful sleep. Exercise is physical effort carried out to sustain or improve your health and fitness. Did you gain the quarantine 15? During COVID, many people were less active. They weren't going into work and gyms were closed. The less active lifestyle plus stress caused sleep issues and weight gain in many people. Now, it's a popular thing to start an exercise routine after January 1st, but it's a great habit to have year-round. The more active you are, the more your body pushes you to sleep at night for rest and recovery, filling up your tank. Welcome, everyone, to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and I have Dr. Kell here with me today. Hi, Dr. Kell. Hi, Nikki. Today, we're going to be discussing sleep and exercise. This is the second part on our series on sleep. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to mention, I forgot to say last time that Eric is on hiatus, so that's a bummer we miss him. Eric, hopefully we'll see you soon. Yes, um, yes he, he took a family trip this summer and, and decided to take a break uh, from what we're doing, and so we, he, uh, he may be on the show from time to time. Uh, we're, we're not sure how that will go yet, but uh, we'll be updating you as we go along. And we wish him well. Um, and thank him so much for everything he's done. He's awesome. He's so fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so let's get into the quote of the day. And that is, we generate fears while we sit. We overcome them by action. That's by Dr. Henry Link. And today we're talking about exercise. So I thought, you know, we overcome them by action. It, make, it makes so much sense. You can sit and like think and create anxiety. Um you know, about what ifs and how, how can I, and, but the only way to overcome that is by doing. Yes. You think, oh, absolutely. They, uh, and we're going to talk briefly about that with the article I have for today. This is someone who is doing, not just, uh, thinking about it, but she's overcoming her fears and dealing with a lot of repercussions because of her actions. That is Ruth Etzel. Ruth Etzel, she it worked for the EPA and is considered a whistleblower. And of course, the EPA is downplaying everything she's talking about, but she's in the news. There's an article here called The Harm to Children is Irreparable. Interesting. Former EPA scientists among five who have come forward alleging that the agency has become deeply corrupted. This article says the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is failing to protect children by ignoring poisons in the environment and focusing on corporate interests. According to a top children's health official who will testify that the agency tried to silence her because of her insistence on stronger prevention against lead poisoning. The people of the United States expect the EPA to protect the health of their children, but the EPA is more concerned with protecting the interests of polluting industries, said Ruth Etzel, former director of the EPA's Office of Children's Health Protection. The harm being done to children is irreparable, she said. Wow. I want this to be seen and heard, Etzel said. I think we should let some light shine on these dirty tricks. Etzel is among five current or former EPA scientists who have recently come forward with allegations that the agency, which is charged with regulating chemicals and other substances, that they may harm public and environmental health. Outside influences push agency scientists to make 
important assessments in ways that will protect their jobs rather than protect the public, Etzel said. The whistleblowers have alleged a range of wrongful wrongdoing by the EPA, including using intimidation tactics against the agency's own scientists to protect the interests of certain industries. Even when doing so puts the public at risk. The problems have continued into Biden administration, according to the allegations. Then she puts in the article here, destroy the scientist. Etzel is a pediatrician and an epidemiologist who joined the EPA in 2015 after serving as senior officer in the Department of Public Health and Environment at the World Health Organization in Switzerland. She also previously worked for the U.S. Center for Disease Control and the U.S. Department of Agriculture and is well known as a global expert on children's health issues. So she's not a nobody. She has great credentials. Yeah. Says here in her role at the EPA, Etzel helped launch an initiative to accelerate the reduction of childhood exposure to lead from sources in air, water, soil, plant, and food. The federal lead strategy stalled, Etzel alleges, after the 2016 election of Donald Trump, when the EPA came under the direction of Administrator Andrew Wheeler. Essel filed her whistleblowing complaint against the EPA in November 2018, alleging that her determination to push the initiative forward, including publicly complaining about EPA delays, triggered retaliation. Mm. The EPA placed her on leave, demoted her, cut her pay, fabricated complaints against her, and conducted a smear campaign aimed at humiliating her and underlining her career and professional stature, according to her complaint. Wow. The EPA also blocked opportunities for her to speak at professional conferences, she alleges. Internal EPA email communications included as evidence in the case shows that initial questions from media about Etzel's administrative leave drew curt responses to declining to comment on personal matters. But as media inquires about Etzel mounted on 28th of September 2018, a top EPA public affairs official wrote to the EPA press secretary and another public affairs officer, this is our opportunity to strike. Crazy <laughs> stuff. You know, these are high, you know, we've been complaining about the EPA, the CDC, and and uh, the FDA uh, under COVID and with all the other things going on in our world and approval of medications inappropriately and, and vaccines and all these things that uh, everything's just being pushed out there on us. And this is just more proof that it always goes back to the money. And there's less concern for, truly concern for public health than there is for about padding the pockets pocketbooks of uh, people in power. Not that our show is political, but we're just trying to Help people understand how we need to uh, be on the alert, all of us, with nutrition and health and uh, um, just not accept what the so-called experts or the news tells us. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? You're going to laugh. I've, I watched, um, I don't know if it was one or two seasons of Scandal, and that's based on uh, one woman's life who lived in Washington, D.C., was a major player. I think she was an advisor to a couple of different presidents or their campaigns anyway. And she tells a lot of the stories of behind the scenes. And there's so many different inner workings and, you know, blackmail and manipulation. And like you're talking about the, the industries and the money that's behind all of the decisions and the pressure to do what they want, you know, to protect the companies. It's, it's not always in the best interest of the the citizens. Um, it. it it's a great look at, you know, like what you see is not necessarily what is the truth. 
Absolutely. And that's why we shouldn't just take things at face value. We need to investigate ourselves and 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 really look, get a full picture before making choices and decisions instead of just believing everything we're told via the media. Um, here's another thing. It says, the old playbook was attack the science, Etzel told the Guardian. The new playbook is destroy the scientist. The American Academy of Pediatri Pediatrics and more than 100 other public health Oriented organizations and institutions sent a letter in 2018 to the EPA protesting the removal of Etzel, who has received multiple national and international awards for scientific integrity and advocacy in recent years. Right the wrong of the past. In a pre-hearing statement, the EPA denied taking retaliatory actions against Etzel and said the federal lead action plan was issued in December 2018 and was a major focus and significant accomplishment. While appellant, while appellant Ruth Etzel has alleged that EPA's former administration delayed implementation of the action plan with the premise that it did not care about children and lead exposure issues, the uh, administration um, recorded and, witnessed, and their witness testimony illustrated that appellant allegations are grossly uninformed, the EPA said in filing. So basically, of course, the EPA is, is backpedaling and trying to make themselves look good regardless and just smear her and, and destroy her credibility. And, and obviously, she is one that is going to be very difficult for them to, to destroy. Um, and yeah. that's why... That's why I thought it important to share this article today, because people need to know. Um, the question is, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? What can we do about it? Uh, speak up. Speak out. Stand up, uh, you know, as we gather our voices and, and uh, help people recognize that our major government uh, agencies that are supposed to protect the public are, are no longer doing that like they should. Yeah, you said one in five, one of five whistleblowers. Yeah, one of five. So there are five of them. Five of them that started this whole thing going. How many speaking yeah. out, Dr. Yeah. Cal? Like, it takes so much courage. I mean, she obviously was highly intelligent, well-documented scientist, and she basically ruined her career to speak out for the people. Well, I mean, that's <clears throat> and she may want, I, I don't think they're going to succeed. I don't think, you know, they have tried to smear her, but uh, she has such great credentials, I'm sure she'll she'll get a job somewhere else, uh, maybe oh, outside yeah. the country. Apparently she worked in Switzerland before. So un unlike her, though, um, you know, the average person working for these kinds of agencies or companies, you know, there's lots of people that work for pharmaceutical companies and other big organizations that uh, when things are not on the up and up, they try to say something and, and they don't have the credentials of that she has and there's nothing they yeah. can do. They lose their job and they can't get jobs right so she's sitting here listening to all these lies that they're saying about her like how crazy is that when she's just trying to protect the people yep she's trying to do the right thing and that's what does that say for our society today and there's been problems in the u.s from its beginning days you know corruption in in government has always existed and and ironically or, or rather, uh, unfortunately, throughout the world, yeah, things things I, I still have to say are better here in the United States than they are in many places, although Europe, I think, is taking a, a greater step forward uh, in the European Union with uh, trying to improve things environmentally as well as, as, as do things better than we are. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not 
for socialism at all. I believe in capitalism. I think it's what pushes a country forward and what, what made America great. Uh, in many ways, however, capitalism do, does breed greed. Uh, if, if, if those uh, the top could just decide, hey, enough is enough. Uh, how much wealth do we need to obtain? How much? How many riches need to, to exist? You know, uh, I need more, one more toy than the next guy. So, so there needs to be a balance. And we're here talking about health. It's easy to get into the political side of things. Uh, <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, our topic today is on... Uh, Exercise and nutrition. Yes, sleep and exercise. Sleep and exercise. Okay, any any comments about that before I get started on my end? Found anything beneficial about exercise and sleep? I actually, um, like I was telling you last week, I started walking outside, and I the first the first day that I did it, I like right around nine thirty nine forty five, I got so tired, and it was like my body was like, okay, you exercise now, it's time to go to bed. And it was like, I couldn't even help myself. I just had to go to bed. It's like a balance. Like my body felt like, oh, okay, now we're back in rhythm. You did your exercise. Now you can sleep at the right time. And it felt really good too. I got restful sleep. And I don't know, part of it maybe being outdoors as well, you know, getting some sunshine and being outside walking just really helped. Yes, one of the things we might mention, which we didn't mention previously, what occurs in our body when it gets dark outside, we produce if, if our body's functioning properly. And, and again, uh, sleep problems tend to be more common among older people. Once you get into your you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, people tend to have more sleep problems than younger people do. Or, and the recovery is, you know, people wake up. Uh, we should mention too, sleep cycles. And that has a little bit to do with the physical end of things. And, and let, let's, let's make this podcast more physical side of things as far as exercise, but there's also some things to consider. You know, I'm an acupuncturist as well, uh, though I'm not practicing much acupuncture anymore in the state of California, though I use the information. I can't put needles in people because my license from Colorado didn't transfer to California. All the great rules California has. <clears throat> but one of the things I find interesting is the there is the... Uh, <laughs> cycle on um, uh, there's an acupuncture clock or chart it's fascinating and, and anybody can look that up there are times of the day when according to acupuncture uh, different organs are functioning um, prevalently uh, or organ systems and some of those occur during sleep and and i've found over the years that uh, i've been able to use this information to get people on certain supplements that benefit those organ regions and they've found benefit for instance uh, Let's just start it. The first organ uh, tends to be affected in the evening. Uh, it might be of significance to people as the gallbladder. A lot of people have gallbladder issues. A lot of, you know, the medical community is gallbladder surgeries are so prevalent. You know, you got a little gallbladder plane, take a gallbladder. You don't need it. How ridiculous that is. However, there are things you can do when you have gallbladder attacks naturally that can help clear your gallbladder. Gallbladder is from 11 to 1 a.m. That's in the range on the, on the acupuncture chart. Uh, liver is 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Lungs, 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Large intestine, 5 a.m. to, to 7 a.m. And then the stomach comes into effect from about 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. So if you're having issues where you wake up during those times and can't get back to sleep, there may be something go on, going on with those organ systems. And if that's the case, you should see a nutritionist. Consider if those something you can do there to improve the function of those areas. You know, your your medical doctor may or may not be able to tell uh, by his testing or, or study blood work or whatever that, you know, may come back and say there's nothing going on in any of those areas. 
that doesn't necessarily mean there isn't some kind of dysfunctioning going on in, in those regions of your body or those organ systems. Oh, yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. Maybe. I remember up at four, 3 or 4 a.m. a lot when I was in the moldy house. Yeah. That's like liver and lungs, so that I makes a lot of lungs. sense. So if you look at, let's get back on, on uh, oh, just briefly mention, uh, so when you're when it gets dark outside, you produce more melatonin, which relaxes you, and, and natural functioning body is able to, that melatonin helps you get to sleep. If you need to add a supplement in melatonin, there's something else going on in your system. Your but why, you know, a lot of people go, oh, I'll just take the supplement and see if it works, and you can do that, but there's something else going on in your body that that is causing this problem and so to really look after what what the issue is you really need to go into more depth uh, and you need to see somebody or or read a bunch of articles online you can find so much you can just google topics and and discover a lot of this information yourself some people don't want to take the time to do that so they just go to their medical doctor nutritionist chiropractor whoever uh, healthcare provider. I mean, there's so many natural healthcare providers out there that can give you information that can help you on this topic. But uh, let's get back. Uh, cortisol. Uh, cortisol is in the news all the time, saying, "Oh, you got to increase cortisol levels. You're gonna, you, you know, you're gonna store more fat." Well, cortisol is highest when you wake up in the morning. So those are other issues as well. Your cortisol tends to increase on your waking time. Melatonin increase in your sleeping time. Cortisol levels are affected by exercise. Therefore, I say exercise also affects your melatonin levels. Proof of that, studies of that still need to be done. To me, is logical. So exercise, you mentioned you were walking. What do we need to do with exercise? Obviously, people who get a daily exercise routine, people who have jobs where they work more, they're more physical in their work, all tend to sleep better than those who don't. Those who sit in front of a computer, a computer all day and, and get very little exercise tend to have more problems sleeping than those who don't do a physical type of job. Therefore, those who are more sedentary should definitely exercise, I would say, a minimum of a half hour of a day and preferably an hour. And it doesn't have to be heavy exercise. It could be walking, could be running, could be uh, lifting weights. Whatever you enjoy doing, you need to get your heart pumping, your your organ systems working better um, when you're moving the blood around in your body all those all those nutrients all those hormones uh, enzymes everything works together interacts in your system to benefit the cells in your body and your brain and your organs and they're all interconnected so uh, getting that daily exercise is very important other issues to consider or tie back into is should you exercise before you go to bed have you ever thought about that Nikki have you ever done that yeah, um, not very often, but yeah, that's a little tricky because then sometimes you feel pumped up, right? Right. It really, exercise before bed can be beneficial depending on the person. You know, we're, we're throwing out all this information and, and it really comes down to everyone reacts differently to the same types of, of stimulation, whether it's adding nutritional things, not drinking, eating things to, to doing physical exercise. Heavy physical exercise has been shown for most people to be detrimental in getting to sleep. Now, I would say you go do a heavy workout, like when I'm going through a gym cycle routine. Right now I'm not, but oftentimes I would go to the gym later in the evening, maybe 8 o'clock, uh, work out for an hour, hour and a half, doing different things, mm -hmm. everything from weights to, to treadmill to walking. And, and uh, I would wear myself out, so when I get home, I'd lay down, I'd be out. Now... I would say if I sat at home and, and, you know, for 15, 20 minutes, 
pumped some weights and did a few exercises, I would wake myself up and then I'd have a harder time going to sleep. Mm. But then I yeah. found if I just did mild exercise, like just a few sit-ups, a few push-ups, pull-ups, or lifting some light weights just for five to ten minutes, I found that relaxing and that would help me get to sleep faster. So those are some varying ways you could do things. You either go do heavy exercise before you go to bed uh, to wear yourself out, but if you do heavy exercise, you know, everything goes in cycles. They say we have about six sleep cycles a night, each about 90 minutes long, where our brain goes up and down intermittently from, from theta to delta one, and delta two, delta three, and we need to be able to follow through on those cycles. For instance, some people who wake up, they set their alarm, they wake up, they're really tired, consistently tired when they wake up. Uh, mm -hmm. It's likely their alarm's going off when they're in lower delta levels. The research shows that if you'll set your alarm 15 minutes earlier, 15 minutes later, may find that you'll find a spot. And I think there are apps out there now that work on the same kind of theories and research that I think, I think Eric mentioned one in one of our other podcasts about he has an app that that uh, actually the phone actually <laughs> hears him and somehow picks up on his movement in bed and 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 recognizes that as he must that he must be in a in a state of waking and so it wakes him up then uh, so it, it actually has the ability to to wake you up based on that rather than a time um, wow. which i haven't tried that but it sounds pretty fascinating and, and he says it works for him and so that's another thing that you could try if you uh, tend to wake up very tired in the morning you know it could be just so you're not getting enough rest so you have a very restless night's sleep but based on the sleep cycles if you're normal and you're having sleep cycles and you're waking up tired then try altering the time you wake up either 15 minutes earlier or later or even adding it up to 30 minutes and if that doesn't work get the app google the app i'm sure you'll find one yeah anyway anything else that you can think of or questions you have regarding that i think we kind of covered generally the exercise side of things yeah, that was a good lesson on the mild, moderate, heavy exercise, how it makes sense. Because when I do like stretching at night and sit-ups and, you know, a little bit of like that sort of stuff, I do feel like it helps me to relax. It's almost like yoga, like meditation, kind of calming the mind while I'm stretching my body. Versus if I go running too late at night, then I just feel like I stay up an extra hour because I'm just kind of pumped up. But like you said, if you do want to wear yourself out, that you do sometimes if you over exercise or do exercise to the point where you're just like wiped it can yeah you can just like fall right asleep right after your shower yes i'm glad you mentioned yoga i didn't i, I forgot to mention that i meant to the uh, yoga is a great one um it can be very relaxing so again just for five to ten minutes if you're into yoga try that so that's great yeah well thank you nikki i, I appreciate you're such a great host oh thank you so, <laughs> So our next uh, next podcast will be on sleep and emotions, and that's a big one. Of course, they're all connected. Those emotions and stress are all interconnected with nutrition and exercise, too. So obviously, in the next one, we'll kind of briefly connect the dots. And then the mm. last one will be on the environment. Any other comments you wanted to make about any of that, Nikki? No, I'm learning a lot. I mean, this is great. I, I did connect with when you said like desk job versus um, an active job. I know I wasn't sleeping well when I was at my desk job. A lot of it was like my alignment too. like I was having back problems from sitting. And you helped me correct that. Actually, you taught me stretches that I needed to do as well as being adjusted at the chiropractor office at your office. Um, but yeah, sitting is hard. It's it's hard because you, you just feel like you need to get up and move around and when you can't because you're stuck at a desk job, it is, it's hard on your body and it's hard on your mind. 
Yes, and sitting in front of the computer, we'll talk about that in the environmental segment, but sitting in front of a computer all day, that computer, the waves from the electronics aren't good for the brain either. Oh, we're talking about that during environmental? Yeah, we'll throw that in the environmental segment. Oh, good. Okay, cool. I, Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that because, yeah, a lot of people are affected by the EMFs and yeah. the computers. And... Yep. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Kell. I really enjoyed this session. And uh, I can't wait to talk about the emotional state next week, too. Great, Nikki. Well, thanks so much again, and, and you have a wonderful day there in Atlanta. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great one. Take care. Bye. Okay.